Coaches, welcome to this episode of the Mesh Point Podcast. We're excited to share a new sponsor for this season, Watch Game Film. The simple way to watch, exchange, and manage game film. We understand that ease of use is paramount to productivity, so our platform provides you and your team with the right video solution so you can focus on the game you love. Our intuitive player includes instant replay, slow motion, play loop, rewind, and more. Plus, our platform includes video telestration and commenting features, enabling you to convey clear coaching points to your staff and athletes. When it comes to sharing and trading film, our Excel platforms offers many ways to exchange with your friends, conference, or opponents, even if they're using other film management systems. Plus, we make it easy to communicate with your own team with the ability to message user groups, individual teams, or even contacts outside your team. We know the importance of highlight reels for athletes and recruiters. A highlight tool allows athletes and teams to create the ultimate highlight reel and show their talent to the world. So what about costs? Our packages start at just $100 a year or 50 bucks per season for on-screen and in-text. and That includes unlimited film and unlimited users. Our mission is to help coaches and athletes succeed without forcing them to spend limited funds on overpriced software. Ready to get started? Go to watchgamefilm.com. Again, that's watchgamefilm, all one word, .com, to discover how watching and exchanging and managing film can be both simple and affordable. This episode is sponsored by GameStrap. If you're in the need of a sideline replay system, look no further than GameStrap. GameStrat has the fastest sideline replay system on the market, and they provide 24-7 customer support. Their systems can be used for multiple sports like football, basketball, and volleyball. Bottom line, making in-game adjustments equals winning more games. Go check out GameStrat on Twitter, at GameStrat, or on the web at www.gametimestrategy.com. We'd also like to mention a new sponsor of the podcast this year, Just Play Solutions. I know most of you know about Just Play and how they can take your game preparation to the next level. From scout cards to player quizzing to installs, Just Play provides coaches with football playbook and game planning tools to prepare faster and engage with today's athletes. Make it a party to check out Just Play this offseason before your league opponents do. Visit www.justplaysolutions.com, sign up for a free demo, and let them know we sent you. Welcome to the Mesh Point Podcast. Tonight we have Coach Houston Guy from Wall High School in, uh, in Wall, Texas. Coach, how you doing? I'm doing fantastic tonight, guys. How are y'all? Well, we're doing good, man. We're really glad to have you on with us tonight. I appreciate that. I appreciate it very much. Why don't you go ahead and kick it off? Maybe start us off with uh, how you got to Wall. Uh, maybe talk a little bit about your background, where you played, and, how, and uh, maybe how long you've coached. All right. Uh, I came to Wall in uh, 1996. 
And so I've been, I've been at wall for a few years now. And, uh, now I, I left wall in 2000 and then I came back to wall in 2004. So I had a, a little bit of a, a stint in there where I was gone. I went and coached with one of my buddies at another, at my hometown. And, uh, and so I came back in 2004 and eventually got the head job in 2007. So this is my 26th year of coaching uh, total. And <clears throat> so it's my 13th as the head coach. All of it has been here at, at Wall High School. Um, been running the Flexbone since 2009. Uh, started off as uh, the wish, started off in the Wishbone uh, in 2007 and in 2008. And then uh, that's what kind of brought me to the flex bone is you know, those first two years and, and started to run the flex bone in, in 2009, you know, grew up in small town, West Texas, you know, about 60 miles from here. Um, had, had a, uh, a chance to go play college football at a small school way out in West Texas at a, a small school called Sol Ross and played out there for uh, a, a few years and, and figured out I wasn't a very, a very good football player. And <laughs> I figured out I better get an education and get out of school as fast as I could. And so uh, after about two, two years, uh, I decided to uh, come to Angelo State and finish my uh, college career at Angelo State and uh, get into coaching. And a lot of that was due to some of the coaches that I had in high school and, and how they mentored me and how they kind of basically raised me you know as I was growing up there were some good men coach that's awesome um I know you mentioned earlier well actually we're going back and forth you're going to go see uh Jason right Wednesday yes I'm, I'm going to go down I'm going to go down Wednesday and I heard you know I listened to his podcast the other day and I just realized he's a soul Ross boy I, I didn't I didn't say yeah, yeah I didn't know that yeah yeah so I'm, I'm going to give him I'm, I'm going to visit with him about that I hadn't brought that up yet to him so <laughs> I'm going to visit with him about that when we get down there he he's he stuck it out he was tougher than I was I couldn't stick it out I had to get out so he was way tougher than I was. <laughs> yeah, he, it's funny. We t uh, Tony teases him a lot. You know, he coaches O line, but he doesn't yeah. look like typical O line. Guys. Yeah, you have to ask him to teach you how to play bingo down there. <laughs> <laughs> Is that right? <laughs> Just say, tell him I told you that. You I, I, I'll tell him that. I sure will. <laughs> well, Coach Guy, you know, you mentioned you know um, going to Angelo State and and kind of getting into coaching. You know, because of some guys that coached you, maybe. Maybe talk about a mentor you've leaned on over the years, maybe that's helped guide you through some, you know, that guy you call when you got to make a tough decision, that kind of thing. You know, as when not dealing with X's and O's, but dealing with just coaching and how I coach and what my philosophy is, I always go back to the guy that basically is the reason that I got into coaching. He was, you know, my head football coach coming into high school, and uh, his name is Coach Slaughter. Um, he lived right down the street from me, and basically he was, you know, my second dad. He, I, I stayed down at his house, you know, probably more times than I stayed down at mine. You know, I, I grew up over at his house, and he was just a great Christian man. You know, he, he, we probably didn't win near as many games as we should when, when – and it wasn't because due to him, it was probably because of the, the poor athletes that he had when he was there. But what a great guy he was. You know, we had a, a, a little neighborhood there, and, and, you know, in the four or five years that I was in high school, he probably – uh, there's probably off that one block, you know, seven or eight coaches that came from that one block uh, that he lived on. And most of it's due to, you know, the the way he mentored kids and the way he treated kids and, and everybody wanted to kind of be like him. 
And, and still to this day, I, I think back at how he would handle certain situations and how he would treat kids. And that's, that's kind of how uh, I try to try to be as I, as I go through this profession, you know, as that, and that's far as how I coach, you know, my X's and O philosophy. There's a lot of the guys that, that I kind of lean on, you know, throughout the, especially once you get into the flex bone stuff and um, you know, there's, you can name a dozen right now, but you know, Kenny Wheaton, Ashley Ingram, uh, coach Chisholm, Kevin Chisholm, uh, uh, coach, uh, coach Lee out at uh, Eastern New Mexico. Those guys have been, uh, you know, we talked about paying it forward. Those guys, at the drop of a hat, I could call them on the phone or, or text them. And they, those guys have been so gracious and give you answers and draw plays up for you and send you film. And, you know, I can't say enough about those guys and what they've done to help our program here at wall. Cause if without those guys and not just those guys, but you know, there's, there's countless others, you know, from high school coaches that uh, we've gotten stuff from that, you know, we wouldn't be where we're at if we weren't for guys like that. I tell you, those guys are special people. I just got I just got back from Arkansas from the Harding Clinic, and, I, and I'm telling you, oh yeah, I was just blown away. I've never met Kenny Wheaton. I met Chisholm before through the podcast, and uh, but those guys opened up their campus, their spring ball, just an amazing oh, yeah. experience. They're they're fantastic, and if you ever think you know a lot about option football, you need to talk to Coach Wheaton because after about 15 minutes, you realize you don't know very much about option football because right. he humbles me every time I speak to him on the phone or every time I watch film with him or every time he's coming down to do a clinic. He's he's such a, you know, knowledge of football. He probably, he's probably forgotten more than I'll ever know. I mean, he's such a wealth of information. It's it's crazy what he knows and how much he's done this as as you know, through the years, I'd like him to just sit in the press box at a couple of games that I coach and just help us out. He's fantastic. I tell you, he's like the Tasmanian devil when he gets going too, isn't he? Oh, yes. I can <laughs> only imagine. He's yeah. up there. He's up there coaching us up, you know, going this and that. And then he's like, oh, out of my head of breath, somebody <laughs> else say something. <laughs> yeah. You know, and that's that's one of those things. I've, I, I met him oh, about when we first started doing this. I, I met him as soon as we started running the option football. And he was one of the first coaches that, that we latched on to. And, I mean, he's just been a resource from the very beginning. And, you know, I've, I've watched him kind of uh, retire from Texas football and, and get into Harding. And I've gotten to see kind of Harding grow as uh, they've gone into the into the flex bone and kind of see them succeed at that level. And it's really impressive what they've done there. And, and you know, I know that's a testament to Coach Chisholm uh, and Coach Wheaton and their coaches staff and, and the kids that they recruit and how they play. It's just it's an exciting game to watch. I love watching them play and how they play. Oh, me too. Well, hey, Coach, uh, tell us about Wall High School and where you guys are located there in Texas and how many kids come out to play. You know, we're, we're a small, you know, small town in West Texas. Really, we're really not even a town. We're, we have a, a Catholic church. We have a convenience store. If you drove by us on the, on the map, you know, we were really a blink of an eye and you'd be gone. There's no stoplight. There's no blink light. We're right off Highway 87. Uh, we are uh, about – I when you describe – where wall is yet to kind of reference it to San Angelo, which is we're about 12 miles east of San Angelo. And most people, when you're talking, don't even know where San Angelo is. And if you're talking to people in Texas, you, you could be talking to people in San Antonio and, and they won't know where San Angelo is. And it's 105,000 people, 110,000 people. And it's a pretty big town for us. We think, but you know, it's about three hours west of San Antonio. 
Uh, and so it's a small town, you know, it's, it's a small community. It's a little German community uh, right on, right outside of San Angelo on Highway 87. You know, you know we have a Catholic church and a school, uh, a post office and, and a, a few houses. Uh, and really that's about it. You know, you'll see our football stadium as you drive by. We have uh, roughly around 350 kids in our program. We play our classification as uh, 3A, we're 3A Division One. So our our numbers go up to a little over 500 kids as the com as the competition, and we're we're usually you know we're we're the smallest or one of the smallest schools in our classification. Uh, you know this year we we turned in 354. You know so we're we're on the bottom end of that alignment every year. You know we're typically one of the smaller schools in our classification. Um, you know with uh, you know it was when, since we've gone to this. You know like I said we went to this in. Uh, 2009 and, and since 2010 uh we are 117 and 18 as far as our win loss record uh in it and, and with doing that you know we were uh and one of the coaches that we play against he'd give us a stat and i didn't i had to go look it up i didn't realize this but we were the winningest text winningest school in our classification for the last decade and and we, we're not we don't have our doors beat down by coaches coming in to recruit our athletes you know we might get a kid recruited every three or four years but we don't turn out college football players out of here we turn out you know hopefully turn out good young men but you know we don't have a whole lot of college kids going a kids going on to play college football we might you know one every five or six years it would be you know uh, a, a big deal for us but you know some of the things our kids have accomplished you know we went five years without losing a home ball game Wow. Um, that was a big deal for us. We took a lot of pride in that, and we we, we lost our first home game a few years ago to uh, the number one team in the state and, and the division below us. And you now that was it was a tough that was a tough one because it was you know a one point loss, and um, our kids took it probably they they took it pretty hard. You know, probably as hard as I did. It was one of those things you didn't want to see go down. You know, I know every record every record gets broken, but uh, that was a tough one. You know, and uh, some of the other things we've done. Um, we are uh, we are in our ninth season. We've won nine district titles in a row with uh, without a without a district loss. Wow. And so I think there's eight teams in the state of Texas that have done that. You know, and, and we're one of the eight. And so those are some of the things we've done. Our kids have you know, bought into it. You know, we're, we're real fortunate here. It's not like we're blessed with a ton of talent, but our kids have bought in, you know, and they believe. And it's funny that you can sit on a Monday morning and you can hear them talking in your classroom about how uh, Army did or how Navy did or how Georgia Tech did. And, and you listen to those guys and, and they're eat up with it just like we are. And it's, and it's funny to listen to them talking because they believe that it gives you a distinct advantage on Friday nights when you're playing a team that doesn't see the triple option very often. And so it's funny how our kids are bought in from the very beginning. Wow. That's special right there. Coach, yeah. you, you tell, you tell me numbers like you just uh, shouted out there uh, over 300 kids in your school out in Texas. I would have thought you would played six man football or something, you know, uh, <laughs> I mean, well, we, and you, we've had, we, we have great numbers, you know, we got for a, a 350 we've had you know we have roughly anywhere from about 110 to 80 kids play football out of that 350 students and so awesome. we've got great participation you know probably more so than most of our opponents which is which is probably one of the reasons we're ha we have so much success that's amazing
What are those schools just out of curiosity? Those schools that play six man football in Texas. What what are their numbers like for the for a school? Are they comparable? They, they, no, they usually they're, they're usually below a hundred. Okay. Yeah, they're usually below a hundred, and so. Okay. Well, hey, coach, uh, let's talk about uh, your triple option game there. Um, tell us a little bit about what wall option looks like, why you run it, and how you run it, and, and how it's evolved over the years. I know you mentioned a little bit about wishbone earlier. Yeah, you know, when we when we first started out, and I, I'll give you a funny story because this is kind of how it, it all came about, and it, it kind of came about by an accident, to be honest. Uh, we started out – I started out in 2007 as the head football coach here and the prior coach that I was taking over for was a wishbone guy. I'd been his assistant, you know, for multiple years. I'd always been on the defensive side and had never really coached offense, hadn't really even paid attention to the offensive side of it. I'd always coached the defensive side um, as an assistant, you know, and as the defensive coordinator, and I really didn't pay attention to a whole lot of what the offense was doing. And so I was always, you know, so focused on what – defensively I was doing and so uh, when I got the head job the guy that was going to stay and be my offensive coordinator decided he was going to take a job with his dad and he was going to move and so it, that left me I, I felt like I was probably the most qualified to, to move over to the offensive side and so I, I moved over and tried to call uh, the offense you know that first year or two we had the my first year both running backs out of the wishbone got injured in four-wheeler accidents the summer before we started two days. And, and so it left us with some very young, young running backs. And, you know, we'd always, we, when we ran wishbone, we were a power offense. We tried to, you know, run the double ISOs, the counters, the tosses, and we'd really tried to manhandle people up front. And we would have some success when, when uh, I was an assistant, but as the head coach left and I take over, we just didn't have the bodies up front to move people off the line of scrimmage. We didn't have the bodies up front to block linebackers with running backs. And, and we were just getting pummeled. And my first two years, we were very, very unsuccessful is a good word to use. But uh, my first year, we went four and six. My second year, we went three and seven. And uh, during that second year, we were, it was when we discovered the flex bone. And uh, we were, uh, I think we were, we had won one ball game now we'd won two ball games and we were sitting, I was sitting on the couch feeling sorry for myself. And it was, you know, late in the season and I was watching, uh, uh, well, it was, I think it was probably week seven. I was watching Navy play uh, Notre Dame and I was just, you know, sitting there halfway paying attention. I was a Notre Dame fan, really didn't watch a whole lot of Navy football. Really. I knew they were an option based football team, but never really paid much attention to them. And, and I'm sitting there watching this Navy play and, Navy is just toe-to-toe with this Notre Dame. And I think Navy's nose guard weighed 200 – and Navy's center weighed 235 pounds. And Notre Dame's nose guard weighed 305. And offensive line-wise, they were so outmatched. But they were – by technique, they were able to play with them. And then they're – you know, the running backs were small and undersized. And their, their, their fullback was a big kid. You know, he was good and their quarterback was skilled. But, you know, they were not – they were not uh, uh, matched up man for man like they – like you had thought the score would dictate, you know, and I think Notre Dame ended up kicking a field goal in the end to beat them. And so I'm sitting there and I, after about, you know, halfway through the second quarter, I'm thinking, you know, these guys are kind of like us, you know, we're small, we're undersized, we're not very, uh, we're not very physical right now. And I thought if we could just find some way to, uh, maybe we could do something like this. And so I, uh, 
I, Monday morning, I, I get to school and I'm thinking, I'm going to call, it's Paul Johnson was there. It was his, his last year. I'm going to call Paul Johnson and uh, see if he'll talk to me about Navy football. <laughs> and so I call, I call, uh, I call their football offices and I, and he's not going to talk to me. And so I, then I just start making my way down from the offensive coaches. And so, you know, that call Nehemiah Tololo next. And then I call Ivan Jazz. So I just start making my way down and I get to about the seventh coach and, uh, I get a hold of a guy named Todd Spencer, and yeah. Todd Spencer changed my coaching life. I, I, honest to God, I, I, he was the one. He was the one that picked up the phone. And it's crazy how you know uh, how just uh, one conversation can change things. And so I picked up the phone and I told him where I was. And, and Todd Spencer, you know, and, and he's he's in Annapolis at the Naval Academy. He goes, I tell him I'm you know a Houston guy coaching a small school out in West Texas. The town is wall. And he goes, yeah, it's right outside of San Angelo, isn't it? And I just kind of took a pause there for a minute. And I said, how did you know that? He said, my first job was in Big Springs. And that's about really about, you know, probably 60, 70 miles from here, you know. And so um, we kind of hit it off. He kind of took me under his wing. And so he talked to me, he talked to me that morning for about two and a half hours. Wow. And he, wow. we, he helped me. And we were fixing to play the district champion the team that was going to win the district championship. We had to win we had to win uh, the next two ball games to make the playoffs. And so we were going to play the district champion and then one of the worst teams in the district the next two ball games. And so uh, we had uh, we'd won two games and so we were fixing to play uh, the district champion. And so he he talked me into we were we didn't want to do a wholesale change being that late in the season. We were still a wishbone team and he talked me into putting in the outside veer against them. You know, they were a 5-3 team and he, he talked me into putting the outside veer, which I've never run the veer before. I didn't really know much about it. And so he walked me through it and we put it on that Monday. And, uh, that Friday night we ran it 42 times. Wow. About a fit. Yeah, I know out of, uh, 53 plays, we ran it 42 times, beat them in overtime. And oh, so, wow. we're, yeah. And so we end up, and then, uh, so we're walking off the field and I'm, we're all laughing. Our coaches were like, I can't believe we just beat these guys because there's no way we're even close. And so we were thinking, you know, we might be the greatest option football coaches of all times. <laughs> so we're patting ourselves on the back, you know, feeling pretty good. And so we got one game left and we're going to play a team that's not very good. We think the outside veer is fixing to kill these guys. And all they did is, you know, they, they slid a half a man basically right. is all they did and they absolutely killed the outside veer <laughs> and so we ended up losing the ball game not making the playoffs and so after that game was over with I, we're sitting in our coach's office I said I'm fixing to learn something about the triple option so um you know I flew to the Naval Academy and spent a, a week up there with those guys and um that's where I heard about uh Kenny Wheaton they're the ones that told me to get in touch with Kenny Wheaton and I after you know, coming home and throwing away all our wishbone playbooks. We uh, attached ourselves to the flex bone and, and then started bringing in Kenny Wheaton and, and it kind of taken off from there. Man, that's an awesome story, man. That's a, that's great, man. Listeners going to love that. I mean, well, it's, it's ironic how it turned out, you know, cause I really, I, I was going to get fired my third year. They basically told me that's my last year that you're done. You cannot lose any more games. And so when we went to the flex bone, I tell people all the time, that's, the Navy football basically saved my saved my job and my career. <laughs> that's well, awesome, man. Yeah, well, that's that's a great staff to learn from. That's for sure. Oh, no doubt, no doubt. 
Coach, can I can I ask him a, a couple scheme things just real quick before we move on to the next one? Um, I wanted to know a, a little bit about uh, cutting in Texas because you know in other states you know around the country we don't we don't have the rules like you guys do, and there's one special right. one special play out there that people say you can't run that in high school because we can't cut. And I uh, just wanted your take on that. That's counter option. Oh, that, and that's one of my favorite plays to run. Yeah. So. What 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 would you like to know? Uh, do we uh, run it or, or is? But go ahead. I, I was taking a peek at some of your film on huddle earlier, so I know you run it, right? But uh, <laughs> I'm jealous of you because you run it, right? But but what's your take? Yeah. If, if, if today they took the rule away uh, about cutting in high school, could you still run that play? And two, tell us a little bit about cutting. You know, we're allowed. Uh, the the cutting rules have changed this in the pa in the past couple of years. You know we can only cut, uh, we can't cut downfield anymore you know, past five yards. We can still cut within the five yards. We play just you know the NCAA rules just like uh, a college does, and so we can cut within five yards. After that, you know we 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 can't cut anymore. You know a few years ago we could cut downfield and. Uh, that allowed us to to use a lot more, a lot smaller offensive linemen that could really get downfield and run. And, you know, especially on the backside with our backside tackles, we expected those guys to catch the, the, the play on the, from the, on the front side of it. We expected those guys to be runners. And so we could utilize a lot smaller offensive linemen with now there's, you know, there's, you can't go cut that guy from, your backside tackle spot. So you, now there's really no reason to use a small alignment. So we've gone back and changed that. But, you know, the um, the counter option play is one of those plays where, you know, we do still cut the, the four technique or the dive key at the line of scrimmage. And we, we try to, you know, take, uh, you know, take him on, you know, as low as we can. Uh, sometimes it, it sometimes it works out where we can take him on lows. You know, a lot of times we just log him. You know, sometimes we just try to turn his shoulders and, you know, we want to get a little bit of depth, but not too much instead of the weight of the quarterback. But, you know, we're going to get just a tad of a depth. We would like to be attacking downhill as we attack that that dive key, you know, or, or what would be essentially the dive key. We would be like to – we'd like to be attacking downhill and not uh, – the only thing that would make it uh, where he get he gets kicked out is if he runs upfield. And most of the time if he's running upfield, we're not going to be – running the counter option at him anyway. We're going to be right. trying to run, you know, we'll just be running the, the, the triple at him. And so, yeah. uh, we, you know, if he's squeezing our tackle, you know, we, we definitely want to uh, run the counter option, especially if that Mike's trying to run over the top. And, and so we definitely try to get to his outside leg and get him on the ground as much as we can. So, you know, that's a play for us. It, it, it takes a little bit of time to run, and it, we always get better at the end of the year than we are at the, the beginning. And uh, But it does give teams fits because um, of the space it's going to create for your, for your quarterback once that offensive lineman, you know, does take that uh, defensive end of the ground. Yeah, that's why I wondered, you know, some people say it's really expensive uh, to, to kind of practice and, and, and put in. And uh, for, you think about the amount of time that you that you use it, you know, you have to have that heavy, that heavy end, you know what I mean, that uh, that guy that's pinching and squeezing for you to call it, yeah. you know, and, um, you know, you, but, but you like it. I mean, you, you could, you could like, uh, potentially run it. Um, you, uh, if you couldn't cut, I guess is what I'm trying to say. It still would be. Oh yeah. Play, yeah. Or, yeah. No doubt. Know. Yeah. No doubt. Cause we, there's a lot of times that we don't end up cutting that end and, and we'll end up logging. Sometimes, you know, he'll bring himself so far down inside, you know, all you gotta do is just turn his shoulders. And when we pair that with, we run the long trap, you know, and, and we kind of pair those two together, you know, so if, if, 
if you, you try to run upfield, we, we sometimes we'll come back and hand it off underneath and run the long trap to that fullback and, and see if we can't get it to hit inside a little bit tighter and, and then let our fullback carry it. I tell you, that's one of my favorite series in football. I ain't gonna lie. That's 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 a fantastic oh, series yeah. up there. I, I do like it, especially the teams that you know, the teams that we we play over and over, yeah, you know, they always get better at defending it every year. And it, sometimes if you haven't seen if they haven't seen that wrinkle uh in two or three years, you could bring it out and, and you could run it, you know, five or six times in a game and really give them some problems. Yeah. Uh so those teams that you play every year, they always they always find something to take away your good plays, and so you always got to kind of kind of find something to pull out of the, your back pocket that they haven't seen. Yeah. Well, speaking of that, like, uh, how much wing T do you marry into your system? I seen uh, one clip on there on hold. I was poking around. I saw Buck Sweet one time, you know, and, and fold schemes and good stuff, coach. Yeah, we, we, we'll we'll run a lot of fold schemes. We don't run very much Buck Sweet. We probably run it. You know, probably it depends on who we're playing and, and, and trying to give them a different wrinkle, but very little, very little bucks. We probably run it, the bucks, we probably 12 times a year. You know, we don't, that to me, that's one of those plays that's pretty expensive. You got to really practice and you got to, you know, it spend a lot of time at it. Yeah. And so we don't probably run the buck sweep near enough, but uh, I feel like there's other things we have that, that are, they're pretty good. Now our offensive linemen, we, we will, uh, uh, we will fold and we'll scoop and we'll do a lot of schemes with our offensive linemen that will that we'll do down in individual stuff that that won't affect our, our running backs quarterbacks or our our fullback that you know we can do an individual that won't give us you know waste a whole lot of time as far as team or, or, or a group period but that we can that we can use and, and that we can use as a tag more so than uh, as, as than a wholesale play. Well, I hate to hog this up, Coach. I got one more question, Coach McLeod, real quick. Um, Coach, go ahead. You know that. Yeah. We talked a lot about um, varying our splits. You know, you Tony Mayo calls smart splits or ability align, right? And uh, one thing we haven't talked about much here is uh, depth. You, I noticed a little bit. You guys uh, adjust it all. Um, you know, your, your, your depth, do you use that to your advantage and adjust your, your, your O-line all, uh, a little bit at times, or do you always just keep them uh, kind of back? We, what's your we try to keep them, we try to keep them back. If you saw a clip where they were way far forward, that's probably just poor coaching. Yeah. So they're probably getting <laughs> chewed out on Saturday mornings, you know? So most of the time we try to keep them off the ball. If they're, if, you know, there's a lot of times that, you know, especially early in the year, they'll crowd that line of scrimmage and not get lined up like they're supposed to. And we just tell our kids, most of the time we put the hands on the toes of the center. We feel like that gives us the proper depth. But, you know, we run we run no huddle. And sometimes we'll run – we run a, 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 some hurry up. We run quite a bit of, uh, of hurry up. And they'll get to the line of scrimmage and not pay attention to where they're at spacing-wise. And, you know, when they get that hand in the ground, you know, they're, you know, a foot and a half further than where they should be. And so as we get to – uh, further along in the season, you know, we get a little bit better at telling where we're, where we're at as far as our alignment goes. But uh, some of that is probably caused because we, we try to get to the line of scrimmage and at least get them lined up. We may not we may not be so much as hurry up, but we get to the line of scrimmage and call a dummy play or you know, just make them look and kind of see what the defense is going to do or if the defense is going to adjust or show their hand somehow and then reset and then just call the play. And so some of that's just getting the line of scrimmage and getting down fast. Uh, I would probably say probably poor coaching more so than anything. I was going to say anything. Uh, I appreciate you. Uh, fill me in on that, Coach. No. Hey, now, Coach, do you, um, do you coach a position? 
Yeah, I coached the offensive line. That's why I was oh. going to say it. So, yeah, yeah. No, I, I, I do coach, coach the offensive line. And, you know, I take a lot of pride in that. You know, and, and those kids, I think when, you know, the head guy is down there and, you know, you're down there in the grind every day in the trenches, they understand how important it is. It would be different if I was back there hanging out with the quarterbacks and we're getting to do footwork drills every day and never getting hit or never getting on the ground. But, you know, we get down there and we get under the shoots every day or we go to the sled and they're on the ground every single day and it doesn't matter if it's rain and we don't have turf out here and so when it rains it's muddy and when we're out we're in the grass and in the mud and you know they come over to the team practice and all the skill guys are still in their white their white pants and they're you know they're they're nice and clean and the the all the linemen are just <laughs> solid dirt you know they, they they take a lot of pride in it though they do and so uh you know i just think that that's where it all starts is the offensive line and so we uh, we we put a lot of emphasis in it, in it and so uh, that's that's the position I coach as the offensive. Well, and that that's you know I can see now why you've got you know you've had such great success because, like you're right, it 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 doesn't matter what happens in the backfield if them guys up front aren't taking pride in their assignment, the details of it. Yeah, it ain't, and, it, it and you have matter. to you, you got to have those guys. Those guys got to be able to come off the ball, and and that's the main key. Just get those guys to come off the ball. So. Well, you've enjoyed a lot of success, as we've talked about. Maybe um, maybe give the listeners one thing you've done with your program, maybe in the beginning or, or recently, um, that's maybe contributed to that, to that success. You know, I, I, I wish I had a magic answer. I wish I had a great answer I'd give all these coaches. And all, everybody that stops by that comes and visits asks what we do that's different, you know. And I think we were so bad when we first started out that uh, our kids were just looking for something to make them winners. And when – I think if they would have jumped in the spread and they would have had a lot of success, I think they might be believers in the spread. But, you know, we the, the wing tee – not the wing tee, the, the flex bone fit us. It fit our kids. It fit, it fit our mindset as far as being able to run the football and pound people and uh, basically demoralize them up front. And, and it fit our kids and how they played. And so they bought in. And, and uh, you know, it's one of those things when I watched Jeff Munkin when he when he took the army job and, and he uh, he had a, one of when they were interviewing him, he just said, you know, we're not going to masquerade around in anything other than an option football team. And that's what we are. And that's what we tell our kids and our kids believe it. And they bought into it from the very beginning. And maybe it's because they had a lot of success in the, in the very beginning and it's just built and it's kind of created a monster in itself so to say, but I, and I, I don't know if there's anything that we've specifically done that we could say, you know, that's the reason, you know, we do uh, as far as technology goes, the, the film stuff that we've been able to use in the last, you know, five or six years with huddle, you know, we film our practices, nearly every practice. That's been a big key for us. You know, the teaching tool, uh, when you film practice and now you can film it with your phone. It's so easy. Yeah. Uh, we have, we have kids that maybe you know, if, they're, if they're a manager or if we have a kid who's injured, you know, we just hand them our phone and they, we film practices and it doesn't matter if it's an individual group or, uh, team you know we film it all and, and it can be right there we you know we film two two uh camera angles from the the, the you know back behind the, the the football uh down low with the players and then from the uh high pod in the in the sky so you know they get two two advantage points of it and so that's probably the biggest teaching tool or the thing that has changed the most is the technology and 
you know, being able to get those kids something to see as soon as they get through eating supper with their parents, you know, they could go to the room, get on their iPad or their phones and start watching, you know, clips of how they did in G pod or how they did in half line. And you can already have that stuff tagged and on there. And it's, it's so easy to, to get to get to those kids uh, because that's what they want to use anyway. They want to use the technology. They're going to be on their phones or, or on their computers. And so it's easy to, to just get it to them that way. Yeah. I tell you, you know, um, huddles, you know, then, and again, there's some other companies too, but, but, I mean, just the way the technology has evolved the last 10 years is, is just awesome. It's, it's changed the ball game, you know, from uh, the, the, I know my coaches and I had a brother-in-law that coached back in the day when they would use the reel to reel and they would have to wait for it to be uh, processed that night of the game. And, and now it's gone from the VHS now to the DVD, to the, to the huddle. And, and this is so much, it saves coaches so much time. And, you know, it saves time with your family is a huge thing. And that's the one thing that I love about it the most is how, uh, how much you can spend at home and how much you can do from home, just the technology side of it. And it's really incredible. It really is, it, you know, and it, it's good. You can reach the kids. Plus, you know, it gives you ability to kind of reach back with your family too, you know. Yeah, yeah, no doubt. You know, this is still, you know, we've all – most of the coaches that I know have kids. And, you know, I've still got kids at home and uh, I've got kids that I want to be around. And, and I, yeah. there, there's there's times for it. And then, you know, you got to be a dad is one of the most important jobs you got. And so I think you got to spend that quality time with them. And so uh, the more that you can do at home, you know, sitting around and hanging out with them. And I got a boy that's, you know, in the seventh grade and we sit around and we watch huddle, you know, we talk, talk about option football and he plays fullback and we talk about his path and we talk about his aiming points. We talk about high, you know, getting to the, getting to the mesh points faster, you know, and he, he hears all that stuff. And so, it, but it's fun though. That's, that's why we do this. It really is. I, you know, I'm no different. Uh, I got one little, just a tad bit older and he's been running balls for me since he's like been four, you know? Yeah. And so, you know, he's, <laughs> you know, he's pounding his fist and don't know why we're not getting it done. And then of course we're in here watching his film and our film and yeah. you know, it's just awesome. It's fun. Yeah. I mean, it really, it really is. Coach, you talked about film and practice. Hey, let's let's just kind of talk about what y'all do for practice, you know, and maybe talk about a few drills you love and that kind of okay. thing. Okay. You know, we're, we're, we're probably no different than anybody, any other, most or most other option teams. You know, we, we have the um, every segment, you know, we, we do the, uh, the individual, we do the G pods, we do the half lines. Uh, we do uh, on, we, we start out, you know, we don't do a whole lot of team on Monday. Team uh, Monday is usually our, our teaching days. We do very little team on Monday, if, if any. Uh, and then we'll get team on Tuesday and Wednesday and Thursday. But, you know, uh, uh, I love the I love the half-line stuff. You know, to me, that's where we can get, you know, a ton of reps in. Uh, we can film both sides. And then uh, the way we break it down, you know, with right side going, being the ones and the left side twos, my first, my first team guys and my second team guys all get the same amount of reps, you know, and then we'll flip it over and our, my, my, you know, probably just like everybody else does it, the, the number twos go while the number ones on the other side are going. And so we get a lot of reps in a short amount of time and you can run a lot of stuff and not have to worry about what the backside is doing because you're only watching the front side. And so uh, half line is probably my favorite drill that we run. We run it every day uh, except for Thursday, you know, so we started Monday, Monday, Tuesday and Wednesday. And so, you know, we'll run G pods on, you know, on, uh, Monday and Tuesday, we'll get a lot more team on uh, 
Um, a lot more team on Wednesday. And then we always get, we always have a series, whether it be the toss series or the belly series that will come in and just work, you know, the things and the plays off belly uh, and, or, or the toss, you know, the tags that we have uh, for those two, you know, and we may work, uh, it may depend on what play we feel like is going to be better that week. And we've really, belly has been a good play for us this last year. I think, because our fullbacks have gotten better they've gotten more athletic uh so belly's become a better play for us and that's you know you know thanks to coach Wheaton and coach Lee both of those guys have been instrumental in putting that play in both of those guys have helped us uh, implement that play and so it that was probably one of our better run plays this year and so um with with that we've we've added the belly series just as a segment and the tags that we run off of it a lot more this year so that's another one but uh, I wanted to sneak in here real quick and just ask you about um, uh, how physical you guys are. I know being a smaller school, do you, do you have to uh, be worried about that? I know because just coming from uh, uh, Harding, you know, they don't, they don't hit at all. You know, the, the coaches are uh, uh, giving the looks, you know, as they're repping. Do you yeah. guys uh, do that as well? Or uh, like how much, how much are you hitting? We don't, we don't hit very so. We, we, we'll full pad up every day, but we don't hit hardly. Now, we make contact, but we don't hit. We never take a running back to the ground. You know, we very seldom get on the ground for anything. Uh, you know, as long as they'll play Friday night and get after it Friday night, I, I feel like we got to stay healthy during the week. I don't want to lose a kid just because we're trying to prove something in practice. Uh, so we don't really get after it. Now, in individual, my linemen will go cut each other. You know, I expect – the, I, I, we do get after it in, in individual offense as far as the offensive line. We do go and scoop our, uh, our our individual offensive guys, but I expect those guys to, you know, protect themselves and get low. Um, but that's really the most physical place we get is in individual. Um, we don't – we do two platoon. We have 11 guys that go one way on defense, and then we typically have 11 guys that go one way on offense. And so we very seldom have – uh, guys that play both sides of the ball, even at our level. So we're able to, to uh, you know, we have a scout team defense that really is not a an, an offensive group of guys. And so uh, at our at our level, that's not that doesn't have offense. Not very. We go against it on defense. You know, usually that's typically some of the you know our better athletes. That's where we typically put most of our good athletes are on defense, except for our our. our you know, a couple of running backs. You know, most of the most of our stud athletes play you know, just defense only, and so and we'll bring them over to the offensive side in, in certain situations, but uh, most of them play defense and, and just stay fresh. Uh, very cool. So you, you're having the uh, the players um, uh, give the different fits to uh, instead of the coaches. Is that what you're saying? Oh no, like if we're running, if they're. Uh, if, if we're trying to run option drills and stuff, there'll be a coach over there that's the dive key, and there'll be a coach uh, that's the pitch key. And then the perimeter blocking is usually will usually be players, but the, the dive key and the the pitch key is usually a coach. I've I, I tried to do that in the beginning where I would be the uh, I would have kids do it, but nobody takes the dive, you know. And so you could spend half your practice yelling at kids, telling them to take the dive. And so we just learned it's easier to have a coach come over there, you know. We'll give him a hand shield to kind of protect himself and. Uh, and then let him, you know, read his card, whether he's taking the dive or the quarterback. And yeah, it's way, too, it's way too easy to have the coach do it. And then you don't have to lose your temper. Yeah, I'm with you. I think, uh, <laughs> I think every option coach has experienced that kid that said, hey, I, I saw the quarterback pull it. And yeah. You know, yeah, but yeah. Also, that, 
that ain't what's gonna happen Friday night. So yeah, I know what you mean on that one now. Hey, hey, coach, just real quick too. Um, you know, just going uh, to Harding this weekend and, and and listening to other coaches talk, everybody was so impressed on how many reps you know they were able to do at their practice. And uh, I had several guys say though we couldn't do that necessarily uh, practice that way. Uh, that that many reps maybe. Um, just, just because the maybe the number of kids that they had, or um, I don't know, what what's your kind of take on 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 the reps that you're able to to, to get, and um, uh, the and it's I guess some guys were like, you know, they're a smaller school, and um, they were just they were just worried about the organization part of it, I guess, um, kind of how right. it works, you know. The, right. The, you know, uh, we, we every. Everything we're just probably like everybody else. Everything is scripted for us. We have, you know, if if we're offensive, if we're going offense, and it's, you know, if if it's an offensive group, everything's scripted from the front to the stunt to the secondary. You know, everybody on defense kind of knows what they're doing. But and, and we don't stop practice unless there's a major mess up. If it's little minor stuff, we try to fix it on the run, or we try to fix it with film. Um, or we fix it in meetings. You know, we try not to stop practice for a, a whole lot of stuff. Uh, we do have coaches, and our practices seem chaotic because there are a lot of coaches yelling stuff at kids that, you know, that are just moving pretty quickly. You know, we try to get a lot of reps. We feel like it's, if you can get reps, and even if you mess up a rep, um, the next time you get that same rep, if you can correct that first mistake, um, that's as good as a tip teaching tool as there is and, and so if you can coach a kid without having to stop practice and allow him to still get multiple reps instead of stopping practice and talking to him three or four minutes about you know what he did wrong I think everybody benefits from that even the kids that stand in and listen I think that they're going to get uh, way more benefit than everybody just stopping practice and listening you to you correct one kid and so we feel like that the, you know the need for speed is essential in our practice and so we try to go fast uh as far as an upbeat tempo we we try to run two offensive huddles when we go to you know whether we're running team or whether we're running g pods or we're running half lines or we try to have more than one huddle going so that as soon as one huddle leaves the play field that there's another huddle another huddle that's out there fixing to run a play and, and that's tough defensively that's where we have more issues because our defensive guys uh they never get a rest. You know, those offensive guys will be coming off and on and off and on. Those defense guys are out there the whole time. And so uh, sometimes they have to have, you know, a quick break. But, um, you know, our defensive guys or our coaches that are over there, they'll get those guys subbed in and out. But, you know, we try to we try to work for speed and get as many reps as we can and, and be efficient with our time. You know, there's times where you have to stop practice and you got a, you got a major issue and you got to fix it because there's not just one. It may be three or four or they're not understanding the concept that you have to have a major teaching moment but you don't want to do that you know multiple times and you know, there's other times for it if you're having to do that I don't think it's worth uh you know whether the play is costing you too much time it may not be worth running yeah I was I was found myself studying the coaches you know and how the oh yeah you know how it's all orchestrated I mean do you find that you have to like teach the process before you even jump into running the plays of how the kids are going to practice well you how know I our coaching staff has been together. We've has been together so long. When we first started doing this, I don't think I, I think I've hired two assistants uh, on the offensive side of the football in ten years. You know, we've been together for so long doing this. So uh, when we first started doing it, we were all pretty. Uh, 
you know, we were pretty naive to kind of what we were getting into. We really didn't know how to do it. You know, we were, you know, I, I tell a lot of coaches I talked to when we first started implementing this offense, and if you listen to our headsets and to me and the guy, the offensive coordinator that's in the box, you know, we would be, you know, trying to give suggestions to each other, and you could hear the crickets in the background because we really weren't real sure exactly what we should do next or what should be going on. But, you know, since we've been doing this so long, you know, everybody understands their job and their role. And when practice starts, you don't have to coach, you know, you don't have to coach that coach how to teach his position or what he's going to be doing in this drill. You know, we're very fortunate because the coaches that we've had here have been here for so long. And so um, we are blessed in that aspect of not having to teach and reteach and reteach every year. I know some coaches that um, each year they're having to, teach, you know, three or four coaches on their staff their offense or their defense. And that would be very difficult for us. And, you know, there's no turnover or very little turnover here. So that does help. Well, coach, we want to, want to get you out of here. One final question. Um, you know, just thinking back to the beginning, right. You know, that those first, that first year or two years, you're starting running that offense or running this offensive wall, you know, maybe give some listeners that, you know, might be, you know, starting out installing a flex bone, you know, for the first time, a few pointers maybe uh, to help build some confidence for them. You know, uh, I think, you know, the, the Baylor coach that just left, his name was Matt Rule, and he said it best, you know, you got to trust the process. And that was his saying. And when you start this, it's not going to be pretty, but you've got to be committed to it. And you can't be – you can't – can't be a, a sometimes winky guy. You can't be a sometimes spread guy. Uh, you you've got to be committed to it. You know, and, and it's not it's not a it's not a flex bone. Isn't a, a couple of plays you're going to add to your playbook that are going to be uh, something you pull out that are going to help you you know win games. To be good at the flex bone, you've got to run the flex bone, and you got to dive into it, and you got to believe in it, and you got to sell out. You got your kids got to believe it. You know, if you're if you're going to be uh, jumping back from offense to offense, you know, I think you're going to be, uh, you know, it's kind of the jack of all trades and a master of none. You know, and I think that's what some people get into when they look at the flex bone and they say, well, I'd like to run a little bit of the midline, you know, or the mid triple out of it. But I don't really want to run the, the other stuff that goes with it. Well, I think you lose a, a huge part of what the offense is about. And so I think that with you know, with that said, I think you have to have all the tools in your chest to make it work. You know, I think uh, that's the beauty of the offense is, and, and then I think each year your toolbox changes somewhat. I think it, you know, depending on what kids you have or how, how uh, are the kids that you're going to have, I think your toolbox can change, but I think relatively it stays true to the flex bone and the, and the triple and, and the plays that your, your five basic plays that go with it. Yeah, you know, I can't, I couldn't agree more, and uh, I think that's probably, you know, when you're when you're thinking about it, right, and you're and you're really wanting to do to install it, I, I think that's the first part of it, right? Like you gotta believe yes. in it, you gotta research it, you gotta find ways to sell it to the kids so they yeah. believe in it, and you gotta, you know, you gotta dive in. And, you do, uh, and and you have to immerse yourself in it, and you got to study it because when when it does hit the fan at halftime, you got to know the adjustments. You and you, and it's not just well, we're going to add this play. It's it's got to be adjustments out of the system, and and you have to have the tags, and you got to understand how the tags work. And, yeah. and that's the biggest thing too is is and that's where we've gotten better over the years. Is well, don't don't attack it 
be with using this play, attack it with using this adjustment and stay within your, your place. And, and, you know, that was the biggest thing that Kenny helped me with is in, instead of adding, you know, multiple plays to, uh, to attack different fronts, you know, just add, you know, tags and stay within your, your framework of your five basic plays. And, and then the, those five basic plays become, you know, 30 plays, you know, now uh, just because of the different tags that you can put in and different guys can carry the ball and you can implement now who you can dictate to them who's going to carry it and, and how they're going, when they're going to carry it. And so uh, it, it really is a fascinating offense. It's one of those to me, um, I think there's a lot of offenses out there that you beat people because you're better. And this is an offense out there. You beat people because you're more disciplined. Yeah. And that's the biggest thing is if, if you're a disciplined football team, you're going to win games that you shouldn't. And I, every year we win games that we probably shouldn't win, you know, and, and uh, it's not because you're the most talented on the field. And it's, it's because you know, you're true to what you do. You're true to what you believe in. Your kids believe in it. They bought into it. And, and, uh, you know, that's the, that's the, to me, that's the biggest key. Well, coach, we can't thank you enough, man. It's been awesome talking with you tonight. I mean, kind of getting, you know, know you a little bit. Well, I've, I've been fascinated with you. I've, I've been fascinated with your, your, your website. I've learned, you know, I've, I think you contacted me a week and a half ago or two weeks ago when we, when we started talking and I, I, I had really only heard of your, heard of the website about, a week and I think I've listened to every podcast out there so far it's it just the, the wealth of information that is out there you guys have done such an amazing job and really there I've seen I've seen other flexbone sites previous sites and this far is is hands down the most uh informative and and truly the best one out there and and I'm not just saying that I, I truly you could if you are not a flexbone coach you could get on there and install your offense just from the information that y'all have on here. And it's, it's truly, if you're a guy wanting to know and, and learn stuff, this is a fascinating place to go. I'm telling this flexible nation and, and the podcast that these coaches have on here and the, uh, I, I sit and listen to them and it's fascinating. I don't know why you need to talk to me. These guys that were way before me were uh, impressive. I, the resumes that, that y'all have that are on here, I, I, it's, it's awesome. I, I'm so impressed with them. Well, coach, don't sell yourself short now. Let me, let me hold on a minute now. Let me go back and look at that stat: one hundred and seventeen and eighteen. <laughs> coach, that's pretty salty now. I mean, I think you're doing a pretty darn good job. So, you know, what I'm saying I appreciate it. Yeah, yeah. yeah. But uh, you know, I, we like I said, we we can't thank you enough, and you know, we're excited to have you on, and um, you know, it's it's, it's just fun to talk. Talk ball. Well, I could, you know, you know, most co most flex bone coaches could talk flex bone for days, oh, and and, well, and I could too. And, and uh, I, I can't wait to listen to who who you guys got on next week and and get the wealth of information from those guys because it, it it truly is fascinating to hear these guys talk. Well, we appreciate you, coach. You bet, you bet. You guys have a good night. You too. That's going to wrap this episode of the Mesh Point Podcast. Hope you enjoyed it. You can download or listen to our podcast at Apple iTunes, Spotify, or the Google Podcast app. You can go on and rate us if you think we're any good and leave us some comments that you might think uh, you'd like to hear about in future episodes. Again, I'm Matt McLeod. You can reach me on Twitter at RunTheTriple. Again, that's at RunTheTriple. Our MeshPoint podcast uh, has its own Twitter page, and that is at the MeshPoint. Again, at the mesh point. You can also find me on flexbonenation.com 
have an option blog there and write articles in that place uh, that can help you out particularly during the season. All right, Tony, I want you to let the listeners know how they can get you on social media. All right, guys, go to Three Face Football on Twitter, at Three Face Football, and uh, you'll you'll be able to follow my account. And um, the cool thing about it is, is every Monday we do something called Mesh Point Monday, and basically I'll post out four questions concerning a triple option topic. And it's a great opportunity for coaches all around uh, the country and uh, to, to get together and network and and uh, get to know each other and, you know, we'll talk about some kind of triple option topic. So catch uh, catch that every Monday, 8 o'clock Eastern. And uh, what you want to do is search the hashtag MeshPoint to see everybody's responses uh, to to the four questions. Uh, like I said, great great way to uh, build our networks and, and, and learn some things. It's like an ongoing webinar on Twitter. So it's real cool. Also check out the website, threefacefootball.net. Uh, we've got some cool gear like Fear the Veer, you'll see in the background here. Uh, Fear the Veer stuff, uh, mesh point gear, and, and other things like that. So uh, go check out that website as well.